And sometimes we give our children little coloring in pages and we draw the outline and they color in and they fill in all the, uh, the colors and markings and come up with this beautiful picture. The Lord has done that for us. He has given us an outline and we're to fill it in. And in our active daily living and walking and praying and worshiping, we're filling in that outline to come up with a beautiful picture that looks like something of the image of the Lord Jesus and his great grace. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and I trust today the Lord will bless as we turn again to 1 Peter chapter 2, 21. The claims of the cross. What a theme, what a message that the cross of Calvary claims the life, the loyalty, the love of every Christian. If you have the power of the cross applied to your life, then you will be loyal to it, and you will love the Savior for laying down his life there. So in our message today, we'll be looking at the claims of the cross. Our hymn will be, I Surrender All by the Whitfield Choir. And we begin now with the question to why become a Christian. Uh, the answer is because heaven is for saved sinners. So often when people are invited to a Christian church to attend a gospel meeting, they are intimidated and even fearful. They are brought into a meeting area where there are hymn books, Bibles, and living Christians who speak glowingly of the Savior. The preacher reads the Word of God from the Bible and begins to expound and explain its message. As that message is developed and truth grips the visitor's mind, he is all the more alarmed at his own condition. In light of the power of the preached word, if the preacher applies the message and calls men to repent of all known sin and cleave to the gospel, the visitor can reach panic stations and will want to get out. Or, by God's grace, the hearer is brought to a place of surrender to experience the power of the gospel to convert and change his heart. If such an experience is intimidating, while on earth, could you imagine waking up in the glories of heaven to realize that you are in a perfect place but are not changed in heart? You would be surrounded by holy angels who instantly and perfectly do the will of God. They look into the wonders of redemption, but you are not redeemed. They may quiz you about your state and fly away from you, for you're still polluted and still in love with sin. Then you meet the saints in glory who are praising the Lord for His grace and mercy to their souls. They sing, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. They join their voices to exalt the Lord as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. They sing, Worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain and hath redeemed us to God. These saints in glory invite to sing along. But in that holy and perfect place you cannot sing, for you cannot sing a lie. You cannot make statements even in praise that belie your sinful state. The blood of Jesus has never washed away your sins. You are not justified through the blood of the cross. You are just horrified at what sin appears to be. Heaven is not a home to you. It is a torture chamber. It magnifies your true state. As a fallen sinful soul, 
your state of heart and mind, your attitude of sin, are all highlighted by the light of glory, while you're struck dumb among the redeemed. Then you are brought forward to see the glory of the Lord himself. But you cannot. The light is blinding. His face is a terror, and you want to flee from the presence of the Lamb. For while he is love and beauty to the Christian, he is filled with wrath and judgment against the rebellious, unconverted sinner. You will be like the guest who attended the wedding supper, but didn't put on a wedding garment. Soon you will be found out, and cast out of the eternal marriage supper of the Lamb. This is his feast, for his glory, and you have offended him by your rebellious ways. You shall then be cast out into outer darkness, where there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. So the answer to the question, why become a Christian? The answer is because heaven is for saved sinners. It is for those who are saved by the cleansing power of Jesus' blood. Heaven is for those who have turned from their sins in repentance and have made the Lord Jesus their Lord and Savior. Heaven is where believers sing of the power of Jesus' blood and the infinite mercy of His grace. Thank you for joining with us on the program. We're turning now to our message and song. May the Lord draw near, bless your own heart as we have the Whitfield Choir to sing, I Surrender All.
the hardest thing in the world is to submit. You may have heard the story of the little boy who, when he was uh, told by his father, you sit down. And afterwards, the little boy told his brother, I sat down, but inside I was still standing up. And submission is always a difficult thing when we're in the flesh. In fact, we would have to say that to the carnal man, it's impossible because we have within us a fleshly nature, a stubborn nature, and that this whole idea of submission is detestable uh, to the unconverted. It is the mark of the new conversion, though. The amazing thing that once we are born of the Spirit and saved by grace, that immediately there's a submission of soul. There's a submission to the Bible. Uh, we are, by God's grace and by God's Spirit, able to bring our lives into the light of the Word of God. And the process begins of seeking that which is the good and acceptable will of God for our lives. And we search the Bible because we want to change and we want to be in submission to the Lord. Now, Peter here is dealing with the claims of the cross upon the Christian in this whole area of submission. And I think you'll agree with me tonight that the cross has a very big claim upon us. Now, I want you to notice the way Peter put it in verse 21. He says, For hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. And last week we learned about this example. It is uh, the outline. And sometimes we give our children little coloring in pages, and we draw the outline, and they color in, and they fill in all the, uh, the colors and markings and come up with this beautiful picture. The Lord has done that for us. He has given us an outline, and we're to fill it in. And in our active daily living and walking and praying and worshiping, we're filling in that outline to come up with a beautiful picture that looks like something of the image of the Lord Jesus and his great grace. Now, please note the words in verse 21, for here unto were ye called. You cannot escape. You were not only just called to escape hell, you were not just only escaped to have your name in the Lamb's book and have eternal life in heaven, but you were called to be filling in that outline, following the example of the suffering of the Lord Jesus. Now, Peter puts a whole lot of emphasis on this in this epistle, 1 Peter, and you'll find that he returns to it, chapter 3, verse 18, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh. And the verse before that, for it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing. And you'll notice the, the issue of suffering for well-doing, and we're following the example of the Lord Jesus. He comes back to that, chapter 3.18. Then again in chapter 4, verse 1, for as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise. So this is all a part of coloring in and fulfilling the will of God for us. Verse 13 of chapter 4, uh, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Now, that's not something that everybody wants to hear. And if you say to the new Christian, do you understand that you have to take up the cross, be aligned, 
and identified with the Lord Jesus and bear reproach. And it's going to cost you. You don't work for salvation. You don't earn salvation. But once you accept Christ as your Lord and your Savior, He calls you to suffer for Him and to be associated with that suffering. Now, that is the whole point of these verses at the end of chapter 2. And as I said, these verses, I've wrestled with them. I've looked at them from every which angle. I have looked at word-by-word studies, looking up the lexicon, looking up definitions of words, seeing what various commentators have said about it, and, and trying to just just absorb what in the world is Peter trying to get through to the hearts and minds of these readers of his epistle in these verses. And that's very different from just coming to a text and uh, preaching it in isolation. We're trying to find the logic of these verses. We're trying to find the structure. We're trying to find the step-by-step thinking that's going on in the apostle's mind as he lays these things out. And here it is. A Christian is called to die to self. He's called to die to sin. He's called to die to the world and every other thing that is contrary to the will of God. And the Lord Jesus is our great example. He died. He suffered. He endured. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. He, in patience, submitted to the cost of being our Savior. And we are called to follow him and follow that very example. It's about bearing Christ's cross. There's another text that comes very much in alignment with this. It's Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. And the I dies. The self dies. The ego dies. I am crucified with Christ. And Peter is dealing with this. And the cross lays a great claim upon each Christian to follow his example. Now, we want to be like him. We want to find our fellowship, even in his sufferings, and even when it costs us. And we are called, here's my first main point now, we are called to follow Christ's example of suffering because Christ suffered vicariously in our place as our substitute. Notice, notice verse 21. Now, we're not going to skim the surface of this. Now, we want to get the meat out of these verses. We want to get to the core issue of what this is about. And you'll notice in verse 21, for even hereunto were you called, because, and here's the, the reasoning of Peter now, because Christ also suffered for us, for us, in our place, in our stead, vicariously. Our Lord Jesus died with you and me in mind when he suffered on the tree. He doth suffered for us. In other words, don't you expect to get off the hook 
about suffering, because when our Lord Jesus suffered, He was suffering for us. And on that cross, our Lord took our place. He suffered unto death, bearing the penalty, the curse for sin. And if you were with us this morning, this was the great burden of defining the gospel, substitution. Now, this morning, I was aiming more at unconverted minds and hearts. This evening, we're sort of in-house here. When people come back the second time to church, I, I expect them to be serious about the things of God and, and want to dig into God's Word. And so that's what we're doing here. And what does this say? Our Lord Jesus suffered for us in our place, in our stead. Now, verse 24, you'll notice how Peter emphasizes this so much. He's not rushing over this. He's not just making a little statement and running on to something else. He's coming back to it again here in verse 24. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree. Now, you could outline that putting in categories his own self as opposed to our sins in his own body. Can you see how close the, the identification here? Sin that was stuck to me, stuck to the Lord Jesus, and he stuck it to the cross. Uh, that's as simple as I can make it tonight. He kneeled it to the cross, but it was my sin and it was in his body that he kneeled to the tree. Now, what is the claim of that cross upon me? Hereunto were you also called because Christ suffered for us. What's the claim now? Through the cross and to die to everything of sin and self. That's submission. The thing that we find so difficult, the thing that is so abhorrent to the carnal man, the rebellious nature, I don't want to submit. But here is the example that we follow and the claim that is upon us as Christians as saved by the blood of the cross. Now, I will never have to suffer as my Lord Jesus suffered on the cross. His sufferings as atoning work is all over, finished. One offering, one sacrifice, one time, forever. We never have to add to the sufferings, the atoning, penal sufferings of the Lord Jesus on that cross. But I do have to suffer because to this I'm called. And as I look to that cross and see the dying form of my Savior, there's a call to my heart, follow me. Not to be kneeled to another cross, but to endure the station in life where God has put me. I've had a whole ream of follow-up on that, but let me get to the application. Let me go straight to your home and my home. Peter says in chapter 3, 1, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, 
that if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. And then he goes on to talk about the meek and quiet spirit, verse 4. Wives, can you follow your Lord Jesus in submission? It's hard. Especially as when Peter was saying here to women whose husbands were not even Christians, pagans, hard men, cruel men at times. And these women were to win their husbands by their godly living, submitting in a meek and quiet spirit. That's the will of God. And to this you're called. Now, husbands, we're not off the hook either. We're to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. There's a sacrificial, self-denying love in the role as husband, as the man, father of the home. There is a submission to which you are called. And if it's always going to be your way or no way, if you're going to protest, if you're going to raise up in a rebellious attitude and say, it is going to be my way or no way, you have missed the very example of the Lord Jesus. And our Lord, in his death, in his suffering, he gave us this example vicariously for us in our place, in our stead. Now, modern Christianity doesn't want this. You go to the contemporary church, you go to the contemporary ministry, the emergent church, the contemporary everything, they tell you just believe in Jesus and live as you like. That's not the Christianity of the New Testament. You are to believe in the Lord Jesus and follow his example when it hurts, when it costs. The ego of self has to die. And that's a process more and more. There's not one of us finished in this work. Every one of us here tonight have to pray and plead and wrestle over this. Lord, am I hardened? Lord, am I becoming stubborn and rebellious? Lord, give me the grace that I might follow the example of submission. That's the battle of the Christian. And it's the work to everyone to which every one of us is called. And that's the first point tonight. We'll go to verse 22 now. We're called to follow Christ's example of suffering because Christ suffered innocently. It says there, and Peter makes a, a whole lot of this, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Now, where is it most likely to find a person tripping themselves up. It's with their words, with their mouth. Peter tells us how difficult it is to manage the tongue. And when you have a, a wrong attitude, a wrong spirit, and a carnal mind, your tongue will betray you. And the bitterness of your heart will come out of your mouth. It will be observed by all, by the, not just the words you use, but the tone in which you say it. The hardness, the harshness, the cruel tongue. But it says here of our Lord Jesus, who did no sin, neither was guile. There was no bitterness, deception, no hidden agenda, nothing carnal 
Though he was accused, he was cursed, he was mocked, he was tortured, he was crucified, and he suffered without a cause, our Lord was wronged fundamentally because he was wronged, though he did no wrong, and his enemies set upon him. But how did our Lord respond? Verse 23, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. The word reviled, by the way, there means word abuse. Mocked, scorned, derided. You remember the old word, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me? Well, they do. That's not, a, that's not an accurate statement. You wouldn't want your boy or girl out on the street with people hurling bad names at them. Our Lord Jesus endured that to the greatest degree, although he was pure and sinless. And this is our example. And the time when perhaps it is most difficult to submit is when you are being wronged. When you know that this person is hurting and abusing and reviling and disturbing your heart and mind, the natural tendency is to protest. But our Lord Jesus, his example, that when he was reviled, he reviled not again. The claims of the cross are exceedingly strong upon the child of God. When you've been redeemed and are saved by grace and become a follower of the Lord Jesus, then you know that the price to pay as a Christian is high, but the reward is great. And so today I hope that you have been encouraged and helped as we have let the Bible speak. Stay tuned with us now for the following few announcements. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 187 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services, that are broadcast online. For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30 p.m. every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children an adult Bible class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30 a.m. You can contact us using our office number, which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And this is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today and be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5am and 5pm and on Sundays at 9.30am on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word.